0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I know December is a very beautiful month for most of us. Everybody starts the year looking forward to December. So in other words, people plan from December backwards up to January. And I love that. God bless you so much. Um... I would like us to share something, just an extension of what we were sharing, the message that was being shared with us last Saturday. And we have titled it today in his time in his time. Our reference scripture is uh, Ecclesiastes 3:11. Ecclesiastes three eleven. Maybe it's not a very popular book for most of us. Do you know where I have post? Because I can hear pages flipping, which means it's not very popular. <laughs> We are looking for where it is. <laughs> we'll excuse you. You can go on the first page of your Bible. Look. <laughs> look through the list of content and the pages. Then you can quickly get to it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The Bible says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to the end. Father, I pray that you minister to us as we share concerning the concept of time. Give us a divine understanding of what you are speaking to us today. That it may lift us up, may build us and may encourage us, may strengthen us in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, just quickly from this, if you remember the proverbial week of creation... Is it really probable or factual week of creation? Sometimes you wonder if God has created in us, or He has planted as the scripture says, He has planted eternity in our hearts, why did He have to sequence the creation based on days? Saying on day one, day two, day three. The simple explanation is, although we are eternal beings, although every human being is an eternal being, the life is spent in phases. And one of the phases is what we are living Now. Now, this phase from birth to the time we go to sleep, not in the evening when we go to sleep for a very long time. Let me put it simple when you die. That phase of our life has got a time frame. And that is what we need. That is what causes us now to be more concerned about the concept of time. However, in God's mind, he's not looking at you as somebody living within that time only. He's looking at you and me as an eternal being. And so his plans concerning your life are for eternity. He's planning for eternity in your life. So you can be happy now. Praise the Lord. That the face we are living in now is just a face of the eternal life that we ought to live. Now, if we are going to live for about eight years, now, 80 compared to eternity is very small. It's negligible. But the funny thing is that men are so much concerned about these eight years that they pay very little attention to the eternity, the rest, the balance of the years to live. And that is the sad part of it. But today, we mainly concern this phase of life and see how we can relate to God so that we make the full benefit of it because it has got implications on the balance of the time that we live. This face is important in the eyes of God because it lays the foundation of what kind of life you live eternally. There's the same way we pay attention to our buildings What surprised me when I came to Oman is the amount of time that is spent in excavating the soil and the resources deployed to it before the foundation is laid. Of course, we understand because of the nature, the texture of the soil, probably the engineers will tell us the reason why. Sometimes I observed from one of the buildings I was living as the next plot was being developed. And I used to joke in my heart, not loudly, that if these people gave me the money they are spending on the foundation, the kind of progress I would make back at home would be great. (laughs) Just carrying soil away, carrying soil away, carrying soil away. What is this? But I realized that... uh, for them to reassure the person who will come to stay in that house that it is a safe place for him to stay. They have to spend that amount of time, they have to spend that amount of resources in order for the foundation of that building to be stable enough to be reassuring to pass the quality standards that are required for it to be habitable. That is why when God started creating the earth, he had already lived in eternity past. But when that first came, when he wanted to introduce man in his plan, he knew that there will be a period of foundation building in our lives. And so that is why he decided to put time frame. Otherwise, God does not operate on these times. He does not operate on the times that we have. He operates in our eyes he operates on these times because of our sake. But time to him is not that a limiting factor at all. He can reverse it, he can forward, he can stop it until his purpose is accomplished. So I want us to understand that even in, inside you there is an aspect of eternity that you must pay attention to. And there is also a phase of life that requires us to pay attention to the times we are living in. And so we human beings pay so much attention to this time and it's understandable because it's a limited time frame and within it we are Determined to accomplish several things in our lives. That is why some people are in a hurry to get married because time is running out. Some people are in a hurry to come out of school because jobs are becoming competitive and they need to get one before they are all taken up. So I just want to share a few things concerning God and time. So we have said that God dwells in different realms. He doesn't dwell in our physical realm as such. It's a spirit realm which is beyond the perception of our physical senses. It's beyond perception of our physical senses. That is why the concept of time does not limit him so much. Isaiah 57, 15. Isaiah 57, 15. The high and lofty one, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I want us to underline that, with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the Christ spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. God reaffirms in this verse, That he lives in eternity. And those that want to abide in his presence. First. Are the kind that have got contrite hearts. Those that are humble. In their lives. A contrite spirit is one. That is repentant. Yields the dictates of God, a humble one is one that continues to live in obedience with what God expects of him. But as we continue living in the expectations of God as humble beings, there is bound to be time in your life and in my life for our hearts to be crushed, for our hearts to be tested, for our lives to be pushed to the limit. In such circumstances, he is there to revive and encourage us. You may be going through similar situations, but described in different forms. One that you feel so much squeezed, but in all that, God is always present to revive you. But there's the starting point of you breaking down to him and accepting Him as the Holy One. The One that dwells in eternity. To whom you need to relate. God's timing is different from the timing of man. Another aspect. God's timing is different from the timing of man. One time He has said, one day is like a thousand years to Him. A thousand years is like one day There's the ability of God to stretch an event over a length of time. All for his own purposes. There is a time God compresses things so that they happen within a very short span of time. All for his own glory. But unfortunately for us, when it comes to stretching events in our lives, time works negatively to us. We feel like we are losing so much. We, loo- we feel like we are being left behind. One aspect I know when I was living from college in Kenya, there was the craze among people. Everybody was talking of a plot, 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 plot. So if you bought a plot, you had made a major step in your life. So, everybody was getting a job. They said, I'm looking for a plot, I'm looking for a plot, I'm looking for a plot. Some people ended up buying plots in swamps. Because you are so desperate to get a plot, and it's the dry season, somebody tells you there's a plot here. You have never lived in that place long enough to understand how it operates. But when it, the rainy season comes, you realize you bought a swamp. And the engineers will tell you, you will take, you will build three houses in one in that place. Praise the Lord. For it to be stable, for it to be habitable. And the access to the place also will be a problem. But because of the pressure for time, each one of us is looking for something to accomplish within a given time. But God is looking at us and wondering, where is Kenneth running to? Who has told him that unless he gets that plot, life is, not, is going to stop? The one who lives above looks at us and wonders, did you consult me regarding the time you're planning for? Did you come for consultations to know what you need to do within this time frame? He wonders. Genesis 17 is a common a story that all of us know from the Bible. But it has got lessons regarding time. Genesis 17 verse 1 says, when Abraham was 99 years old. So the Bible would have just said when Abraham was old. But it's very specific. 99 years old. In human language, we say, when he was about 100 The Bible is specific, 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live blameless life. God is the one who asked Abraham to leave Ur. Maybe at that time, Abraham was still a very youthful guy, very strong. That did not matter to God. Being youth, being strong, being fit, doesn't, it doesn't bother God. He's still in charge of everything. But he waits for this man to reach 99, and then he comes again to visit him. And verse 2, he says, I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. Verse 3, at this, Abraham fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, let's stop there for a while. Why is Abraham falling face down? This information that is reaching him from the almighty God is first of all, it's unbelievable that the God of heaven humbles himself and comes to discuss with him, I want to reach an agreement with you. I want to reach an accord with you. What kind of accord is promising him to have countless descendants? Now, in the world today, this is not very good news. In the world today. China, for some time past Hello, can only have one child. It looked like it was a very wise decision for them. But today, they are agonizing over that problem. Praise the Lord. Because of the economic pressures today, men have become very wise. They say, two, yes, a girl and a boy. So they want to post there. I don't blame you, my brother. I don't blame you, my sister. That's a, your decision. Now, I'm not defending myself because I have four. <laughs> Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Yeah. Because even for my mother, I have underperformed. If you allow her to start talking about children, she says, why are you not adding me more children? (laughs) So, to some people in different generations, it it means a lot. Now, I'll give you the context of Abraham. At that time, the more children you had, it was part of of your wealth portfolio. You are an able man. And the Bible also says, if you have many sons that are like arrows in your... Yeah, so there was a reason why Abraham fell down and said, oh, glory to God. <laughs> because he knew now he was going to, to have a lot of respect, a lot of, I mean, he will be viewed like somebody who is able, because of children at that time. Praise the Lord. So he was looking at a big army, and so he worshipped God at that point. But remember he was 90? Uh-huh. If you come to a man today, in the world today, who is 55, and you tell him, I'm going to make you a father of men, he, <laughs> he will look you at, at you. And <laughs> are you serious? Because the kind of pressure we are facing now dictates that we also try to balance things. So that is it. But Abraham was rejoicing before God. One thing I love about this interaction between Abraham and God is this. That God has dismissed all these other factors about Abraham. He has set his own program in the life of Abraham. And is telling him, this is what my plans are for you. And I want to make you a father of many descendants. And as Abraham was still bowing down and worshipping and glorifying God, verse 4, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of multitude of nations. Now, this is what puzzles me about God. The moment you begin to appreciate what God is doing in your life, it's like you're opening wide the gates of heaven. You know, he would have just come with the final declaration, but he started off, I'll make you a father of descendants. And the man appreciated, and the man glorified God. And God said, hey? He opened the door. He said, now, apart from being a father of uh, many descendants, I'm going to make you a father of multitude of nations. Praise the Lord. You know, you can have descendants, but they will form only one nation. Is that not true? But when he says, I'll make you a father of many nations, those nations will have descendants. So it's now multiplying even the blessings in the life of Abraham. At age 99. At a tender age of 99. Praise the Lord. Because in the eyes of God, Abraham is still a youth. He can achieve a lot. He can change circumstances around himself. But in the eyes of men today, they say, some of them say, those who are very naughty, they say, eh, life starts at 40. And those ones who are, who are negatively oriented, they ah, at 40, if you have not achieved anything, then halas. They say like that. So we are of different, different uh, tuning in our life. But God has his own program. God lifts the, the boundary up to 99 and he says, now I want you to start life. I want you to start life now. I want you to change circumstances in your life. So God has got a plan in our lives and it is according to his own time. God is not dictated by your calendar. God has got his own calendar in your life, in my life, in our lives. As a church, he has a calendar for this church. It is up to us to begin to understand, are we walking in line with the calendar of God in our personal life, in our family, in the church? If that be the case, we'll not be in a hurry to do some things. We'll not also be slow in doing some things. We will want to fit in God's plan in our lives. Praise the Lord. It is important for every Christian to understand God has got something in your life. Seek to understand the timing of God in your life. Abraham was humble enough to listen to God. Verse 5, what's more, I am changing your name. Now listen, the floodgates are opening. The floodgates are opening. Apart from that, now God says something. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. Now, why is God changing the name of Abraham to Abraham? Because when we call you Abraham, we remind you of what God's promise is upon your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Abraham usually has a lot of problems with African names here. <laughs> When we bring a baby for him to pray, he says, what's the name of this baby? Sometimes I think he's paying attention, but when they say the name, he starts struggling to say that name again. Why is he asking what is the meaning of this name? Have you ever asked yourself? Eh? Some of us say, oh, the name of my child is so and so. What is the meaning? Oh, it means like this. We need to understand. That question is because If that name has got a meaning It is supposed to remind you of that meaning every time Praise the Lord It's supposed to continue reaffirming The purpose for that child in your life And God is giving Abraham that name To continuously reaffirm The covenant he has reached with him for his life A father of many nations. A life transforming experience in the life of Abraham. Verse 6 I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be born among them. I don't want to go to verse 7. You can go there yourself. There are many things there. Praise the Lord. God is opening a floodgate in the life of Abraham because he has started operating on a different plane of time. Not the earthly time, not the human biological time. It's looking at Abraham in a different light altogether. I don't know amongst us if you have ever shared in this experience where you reach a point you've been trying and praying over something over your life. And it reaches a time, you begin to say, maybe it is not God's will. How many? There are many holy people here. Sometimes we pray over something and we feel this thing is not working. And sometimes we tend to think like, let me just accept it's not mine. Only for God to surprise us a few days after. Then we come shouting, Oh, I've been praying over this, but deep within you, you had given up. Praise the Lord. God is starting up. Just, just understand that. I don't want to limit God according to my understanding. His word says this concerning this situation. It may not be working according to what I see with my eyes. What I feel with my body. But God's word has said this, I want to work according to his time. And let him work in his own time. Praise the Lord. It will be well with you. God will open up those doors that have been closed. The possible thoughts that were running in Abraham's mind are like all of us go through. How will this work out? When will this work out? But Abraham, like many of us, because of pressure of time, because of pressure of time, say pressure of time. Pressure of time. 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 Abraham came up with plan, plan B. God has said, so this thing must work. He's helping God to effect his plan. Was that God's plan? No, it wasn't God's plan. And sometimes, because of respect we have for our sisters, sometimes you you may be questioning their wisdom, but because they have told you and you, you look at them, you feel, ah, my wife will feel bad. Sometimes we just say, okay, let's try. So I believe Abraham said, okay, let us try. But you can see the problem that has led to. Praise the Lord. Abraham tried to fast track God's plan. God was patient. He had been patient with him all along. He was with him at 20, he was with him at 30, at 40, at 50, at 60, at 70, at 80, at 99, he was with him. That's when he's coming. Was God not aware of uh, Abraham's ability? He was. So when he comes to initiate the plan, the wisest thing Abraham would have done. No, God told us, let us wait for him to effect his plan. Praise the Lord. But because we live in this frame of time, maybe Abraham was saying, hey. in fact, at one time he said, will, I, will the, this, this person who is staying in my household inherit my wealth? You know, he was complaining to God. He wanted a son of his own. Because he had given himself a time frame in which those things would happen. In chapter 18, verse 12, divine visitation. Men come to visit Abraham, and they are telling him about what God's plan is for his life. And he says, and Sarah overhears, and Sarah laughs, and she says, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is too old, is also old. So even in the heart of Sarah, this was done. It could not happen. She could not conceive. But who created Sarah? God. Praise the Lord. So he is the author of life. So in short, the whole story of Abraham brings us to a point. Even Abraham himself, he did not see those big families but 400 years he had been told your descendants will be in Egypt for 400 years under slavery and i will come and take them out moses appears on the screen on the scene and god uses him to free the children of israel were they few were they few they were many praise the lord they were many The story of Moses is also another journey. Moses had given up his attempt of freeing them. He ran into the desert. And then in the desert, God said, you are trying to do it at the wrong time. My time was not yet. He says, I have heard the cry of my people and I have come to set them free. God has heard your cry. There are many things that you may be going through, but God has heard your cry. And he's come to deliver you, to give you a definite end that is acceptable before him. Don't be in a hurry. God is still at work. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the delay in God acting is actually to build our character to allow us to understand what it really means to relate with God. In the case of the children of Israel, God would have just come and said, let my people go, and they would have walked out of Egypt and gone. But would they really appreciate what it means for God to intervene would just look like they are having a walk. But God allowed many things to happen. A journey that would have taken... You know, if you are walking, if you are used to walking like me during my primary days, I don't know. Many of you, you know, these children, children, are you awake? These children, especially no man, you need to learn. You wake up in the morning And there's a vehicle taking you to school. And you come back in a vehicle and you sit down. You don't know what it means to walk. If you go to walk around a house, you say, I'm tired. Some of us were walking about two kilometers to primary school in the morning. And you come back again. Sometimes you are running. That's why you people, you are not fit. And I'm going to request the council to to, to give us time out there so that we we see who can run and who cannot run. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That journey from Egypt to Canaan, based on my own experience, giving time for resting and It should not not take me 60 days from Egypt just crossing that strip. I would have taken probably 60 days I would have been in Canaan. But God did not allow it to happen. 40 years they spent. He was not in a hurry. He was building something in the character of these people. And that is why they continue to celebrate those occasions because they were markers in their lives, in the whole community. They celebrate the Passover. They celebrate all those things because it remained an indelible mark in their lives. Sometimes the experiences you are going through count it joy. Count it joy. Because when you look back, you will understand what God is doing in your life. It will not just be, ah, that happened. It will look like it was just luck. But God wants you to understand, I am working in your life for a given cause. That glory may be unto his name. So allow God to do these things in your life on his time. Ruth 1, we'll, talk, we'll see a family of Elimelech, the book of Ruth. Don't look for Ruth one here. There's no queen Ruth one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, we may have our roots here, but there's Ruth in the Bible, the book of Ruth. So look for the book of Ruth, chapter one. There is a family of Elimelech. Like many people in Oman here, this man, the life at home was becoming difficult. He decided. Let us go to the country of Moab and try to see if we can make ends meet. Let us go to Oman and see whether ends can meet. Praise the Lord. So we are like Elmelech in this land. Wanting to improve the welfare of our families. And when they were there, things were not good. Elmelech lost his life. Eventually the two sons who were married to some two young ladies also passed away. And now they are left with their mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law says, according to my time, even if I were to get some children, you will not wait for them to get married. Go and look for other men out there. Go and look for other men. One of the ladies by the name Ruth committed herself to this family, to this relationship. And here, I digress. Today, there are people who get married, but their lessons for marriage take a very different form, especially young ladies. They are taught in the secular world, if a man does this, give him a second chance. If he repeats... Take a walk. That is not the plan of God. Divorce is not part of God's plan. Praise the Lord. Yes. But it happens. And we have to heal ourselves out of it. Praise the Lord. Ruth decided to say no. No matter what has happened in this family, I will stay with my husband. He's dead. Oh, I'll stay with the family of my husband. I can't get another son for you. No, I will stay with your people. That's what Ruth is saying. I committed myself to a relationship. I did not commit myself for the sake of good life. I committed myself to a relationship. And people take an oath for God. For good or for... Didn't you say it, you people? You don't want to say because I'll hold you responsible. For good or for worse. We must be together. Praise the Lord. That is what God wants out of us. This lady committed herself and she continued. Let's go on. The beauty of it is in her commitment, in her commitment to this relationship. You know, Killian and Malion are just symbolism. Of what we are going through today. Elmelech is your job. Malon is the finances that come in. And Killian is probably the comfort you are having here. When those things are taken away, are you still committed to God? Are you still committed to God? That should be the question that you're having in your mind today. It looked late for Ruth to do anything. But as you read along, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you leave, I will leave. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Verse 17, wherever you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. That was a commitment from this lady. Now, the beauty of the whole thing is the whole long story. The person who seemed like she had lost all, God reversed the times. Praise the Lord. God intervened. This young lady got married. She got married to a man. And if you go on reading the story, you realize that she gave uh, and now at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. Obed gave birth to Jesse. Jesse gave birth to David praise the Lord maybe if he had continued with Malone, David would not have been seen (laughs) praise the Lord so sometimes the challenges we are facing they are just for a moment God is preparing you for something better in the time to come you just need to stick in there and believe it is God in charge and continue trusting him and when the door opens you will be surprised Praise the Lord. So eventually, we talk of Ruth as being part of the genealogy of Christ. Because she waited on God, because God had started a timetable in her life, she waited for God to roll that timetable through. Praise the Lord. And it worked. Don't give up. Whatever the discouragement you are going through, brother, Whatever experience you are going through, sister Know that God is in control In his own time He's going to open doors And when he does open There will be joy Do you know the child of Sarah? What was the name? Huh? Isaac What does Isaac mean? Laughter There will be laughter in your life yes. Praise the Lord God will give you Laughter God will give you laughter. The reproach in your life will be rolled away. And there will be joy and celebration. Just stick on God. Let Him take charge of everything. Praise the Lord. He is in control. There are times we are down there. We feel finished. But let us hold on to God. God will lift us up. Four lepers, 2 Kings 6. Again, quickly. In verse 24, sometime later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mastered his entire army and besieged Samaria. This is the tactic of the enemy. He confronts you from every side. You have no room to regal out of the situation. Hmm? I used to laugh some time back. You know, I like giving my own example. Because nobody can accuse me of talking about him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When I started working... Back in Kenya, Kenya is a beautiful place. Praise the Lord. My experiences should not determine what your perception of Kenya is. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It's a beautiful place. I like visiting it and going there every time. I feel good. Uh, The terms of payment were not very encouraging. I don't want to say them. Praise the Lord. I don't know whoever organized the structure of the pay. At around 20th, the pocket was empty. (laughs) Every month, at around 20th, the pocket was empty. That's the time you realize the cooking fat is running low. I was single by that time. The cooking fat is running low. The sugar is running low. The sugar, the salt is running low. Everything is running low at that time. <laughs> and sometimes I would ask, where did my salary collude with all these things? They sat in a meeting somewhere to organize. On twentieth, they strike. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's how the enemy works in our lives sometimes. He allows floodgates from all of attacks, from all directions. And you feel overwhelmed. That's what this king was doing to the children of Israel. Squeezed them in the city. And he was just having fun out there. The more they looked at themselves and blamed themselves, the more they suffered. The Bible says, listen. As a result, there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver and a cup of dung, dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. If you are living in my beautiful country, Kenya, and somebody offered you stew, meat stew, and after you've eaten, and you say, this meal was delicious, and say, by the way, I had never known a donkey's meat tastes this sweet. <laughs> Even the food in the stomach disappears now. <laughs> you mean I've been eating a donkey? <laughs> but here is a situation people are wishing they are bargaining over the head of a donkey. The head of a donkey. And they are saying it is so costly. At that time. The situation may be terrible. It may be such that nobody seems to understand. But God has a way out of it. The four people were despised. The four lepers. Outside the gate. Actually they were supposed to be shouting wherever they go. Unclean, unclean, unclean. But on this day they say, "Ah, ah, we are not shouting unclean. We will not go back to the city. We will not sit here to die. We will go to the enemy camp. And they went there. The Bible says many things happened. Praise the Lord. When they were approaching the camp of the enemy, for the Lord caused the Arabian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and galloping of horses and sounds of great army approaching. Those armies were not there. Those horses were not there. But the Almighty in heaven turned the situation against the enemy, scattered them. They ran away. And the beautiful thing about God in those days, if he he knew you were an enemy of his people, he made you to gather all the wealth. He says, take all your wealth to the war so that you display to the enemy. So they had carried all their wealth in the battlefield. When they ran away, they left a lot of things there. Praise the Lord. God is going to cause the situation in your life to reverse. Those things that have been disturbing you will become a blessing instead. What the enemy intended for you will not be for you but for him. It is him to run away from your life because you have waited for God to act in his life, in his time. There was a man in that city who knew time according to his own standard. He told He told he told these people even if god even if god was to open the windows in heaven will he be able to fulfill this purpose did he enjoy it no at the end of the day he was the only one who missed out and everybody god don't look at the discouragements that are coming around you god is still in control by the way when you are just about to come out of that problem The enemy will speak a lot of negativities to discourage you. But God is still in control. Finally, Jesus Christ. The promise of Jesus Christ to come on earth here did not start with Isaiah. It started in the book of Genesis. Praise the Lord. It did not start with the prophecy of Isaiah. It started in the book of Genesis. Genesis 3.15. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. God was speaking about the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, who was going to liberate his people. And Isaiah comes to reaffirm it by way of prophecy. And then, in the book of uh, John, In chapter 11, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. That is to Mary. Verse 29, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. I want us to finish with this knowing that God having made promises the time he started declaring it in the book of Genesis to the time Christ comes to appear is about 4,000 years have elapsed. About 4,000 years until Christ comes on the scene. So at that time all the virgins who had been waiting had given up That's why when Mary, the angel, comes, she's kind of confused. It's like a dream. Because all of them have been waiting and hoping, am I the virgin that God will choose? Am I the chosen one? And when the angel appears to Mary, she looks confused and disturbed. But the angel assures her, it has been long. You've been waiting, you people, but it's time for God to act. It's time for God to bring forth his begotten son. And you are the vessel that he's going to use. Praise the Lord. It's time for God to act in your life. You are the one to benefit from his intervention. God wants to deal with us. It's not how we understand him. It's not by our timing, but it's in accordance with his own plan. So I want us to stand up as we... Thank God. And just to know that it is in God's time that is going to effect change in your life. Don't be in a hurry to force Him. As we bow down, I want you to know that God is in control. Our brother was talking about the prayer items we had in January, those that have not ful- been fulfilled, and those that are coming. I believe. In his own time, God will cause them to come to pass.
1: He makes all things beautiful in his time. Hallelujah. God made everything beautiful in his time. Hallelujah. We have heard the message. It's for me, it's for you. I want you to know what is going on in your mind. What is bothering you? What is disturbing you? What have you been praying about since January up to this time that it has not happened? God never forgets you. You might have been praying about it right from years in memorial. He will make it happen in his own time. Amen? You must have made plans. It may not be working according to your own plan. Yes. Are you able to wait for your God? Do you still have that confidence in him? That he will make it beautiful in his time. Just as that song uh, we are about, uh, about to sing it. One thing I want you to know as per the message we just had. God is not working according to your own calendar. He works with his own time. He works with his own calendar. He's never in a hurry. He's never. And why is this? Turn with me to 2 Peter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 and 9. I will read from New King James Version. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 to 9. It says. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promises. Concerning his promise. As some some can slackness. But his long suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance a day in the presence of God is like a thousand years. So he makes things work out in his time for us. You might have made so many um, plans, but God has a way of approving it. That's why in the book of Proverbs sixteen nine says... A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. God is preparing you for that great thing. For that great testimony. That before you open your mouth, people will see that glory of God in you. You need to hold on to him. You need to believe that yes, it will make it happen. We have from here, Brother Kenneth said, don't allow any, I think he used the word floodgate. Don't allow any floodgate. Don't allow any loopholes. God will cause your situation to revise. And you will testify to the glory of God. Let's close our eyes. I want you to talk to God. First, I want you to ask for forgiveness. Because you are moving faster than his plan. Lord, I've heard your word today. Forgive me. Because I believe you make it happen in your own time. Forgive me for what I've taught in my mind. Forgive me about what I've said concerning this. While you are asking God to forgive you, remind God, Lord, it must happen. I commit myself into you. These are the areas I want you to touch my life before the end of this year. I must testify. Those challenges must go away. Talk to God. Lord, these are the area. I appreciate you for what you have done. I thank you for what you are doing right now. And I thank you for what you are going to do. These are the area of my life I want you to touch me. Pray and talk to God. God is listening. He's not deaf. He's not asleep. He will make it happen. If he can make it happen at the age of 99... You will never reach 99. It will happen in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we want to thank you. We want to appreciate you. Once again, that you remind us that in your time, you make everything beautiful. In your time, you will answer us. Thank you, almighty God, for the message we have heard today. Thank you because you've reminded us to focus on you. And we pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit, continue to guide us so that we look unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. Your son that you have used for us this day, Father, we pray you continue to anoint him more in the mighty name of Jesus. Your source of inspiration in his life shall never dry up in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless him, bless his work, bless his family, bless his children in the mighty name of Jesus concerning him perfect all that concerns him so that we can hear more from him in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you almighty God. We pray for the rest of our program for this year that you will take charge and take control in the mighty name of Jesus and as Christmas is coming father you will surprise us. You will give us Christmas gift in the mighty name of Jesus and as we step into the new year new things will begin to happen in our life in the mighty name of Jesus Blessed be your holy name, Lord. As we go this week, let your presence go ahead of us in Jesus' name. And let your name be glorified. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let's share the grace together in fellowship. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all. Do have a wonderful week.